Sometimes, on the first day of a new job, you know you found your forever home. Other times, you're not real sure. And then there's that third type of job. That's the one that rips out your soul and leaves you like an empty locust shell hanging on a tree. <laughs> this is a story about one of those jobs. <laughs> it was 22 October, 1974, 08:30 hours. I'm sitting at the Air Force Induction Center in Kansas City, Missouri, along with 50 hygienically challenged dudes. <laughs> My going away party had ended just a couple of hours earlier, and I'm still seeing things that I'm pretty sure aren't really there. <laughs> it was a good party. <clears throat> Sitting there in my stupor, my mind drifted back over the course of events that had brought me to this place. Now, you may not believe this, but back in the day, I had the schmooze going on. I could schmooze my way into or out of just about anything. My mom always said I could charm the bark off of a tree. I know she worried that I was going to schmooze my way into a pregnant girlfriend. And you ladies know how mothers know their sons. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> now, I'm wanting to finish college, but I have a child on the way. And finding both the time or money for school seemed pretty near impossible. But then I had a friend come and tell me that I should join the military. He said the GI Bill benefits were excellent. And since the war was winding down, I probably wouldn't have to go to Vietnam. Then when I got out, there would be money for school. Well, this seemed like a perfect plan. So I went down to visit the Air Force recruiter. I listened to his pitch, and then I told him I wasn't going to sign any papers until I'd gone next door to see what the Marine Corps had to offer. He got a horrified look on his face. He cried out, for God's sakes, man, don't do it. I've heard those guys are full bore crazy. <clears throat> this was an old recruiter's trick. It's called scare the hell out of the recruit and get him to sign the papers. Well, he did, and I did. I was snapped back to reality at the induction center when a door flew open and four men wearing uniforms and smoky bear hats stormed into the room. These guys were screaming like they had fire ants in their skivvies, and the room instantly transformed from boredom into bedlam. Let me tell you about these guys and their smoky bear hats. First, the hats change their voices. And they all sound like this. Do you understand me, Slick? <laughs> Second, and even more important, in order to get those hats, they have to trade in their sense of humor. In about five minutes, I was going to wish I had that particular piece of information. Now, Smokey Bear number one was in charge, and he was an angry-looking man. He finished the roll call, and then he barked at us to strip down to our underwear and get back into line for our physical exam. Well, now I had a conundrum. because I had gone to the induction center commando. 
That's right, I wasn't wearing any underwear. <laughs> Don't judge me. Maybe a little historical perspective on fashion trends of the 70s is in order here. If you weren't lucky enough to be there, the 70s was a great time to be young. Millions of people were demonstrating for all sorts of causes, and everywhere you turned, people were wanting to stick it to the man. Well, as young people, we stuck it to the man the only way we knew how, by not wearing undergarments. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but it made sense at the time. And going commando had punched my ticket into the brotherhood of hippie freaks. And one of the best benefits of being a freak was you got to spend all that time with those hippie chicks that weren't wearing bras. <laughs> Did I mention it was a great time to be young? <clears throat> So I'm standing here not wearing any underwear, and I didn't want to be the only guy standing in the room butt naked. So I decide I'll leave my blue jeans on and slip back in the line. I figured they'll never notice. <laughs> you don't get anything past these guys in the smoky bear hats. Number one charged me like a rabid rhino. This guy was screaming at me his hat hitting me on the bridge of my nose with every syllable. He demanded to know why I wasn't stripped down to my underwear. This is where I made my mistake. I'm thinking we're just two guys, we got off on the wrong foot. <clears throat> and what this moment needed was just a touch of levity. So, in my very best Tommy Chong voice, I said, uh, I'm not wearing any underwear, man. <laughs> I'd never seen a man's head explode before. <laughs> Number one unleashed a torrent of expletives on me that would make a longshoreman blush. He followed that with an all-out assault on my gene pool. You know, to this day, I still haven't figured out what he had against my mother. <clears throat> now this whole time that he's screaming at me, he is hitting me on the nose with that hat. And just as I'm about to pass out from a concussion, it happened. Next to me in line was another hippie freak. This guy had hair down to his waist. And for whatever reason, he starts laughing uncontrollably. <clears throat> Now you know these smoky bears had wanted a piece of this freak from the moment they saw his hairdo. And they were on him like ducks on a June bug. In less than a minute, Hippie Freak is lying on the floor in the fetal position, sobbing. Now, I have been standing over here in attention. It's because that's the only thing they had had time to teach us up to this point. But I've been watching the show out of the corner of my eye. I see the freak go down, and then I see number one turn towards me. I remember thinking to myself in the words of the songwriter Don McLean, and this will be the day that I die. 
Well, number one gets right up in my face. His hat's resting on the bridge of my nose. The only sound in the room is hippie freaks sobbing. <laughs> After what seemed like an eternity, number one growled at me. Will you just leave those blue jeans on until I tell you otherwise? Do you understand me, Slick? Now, in my defense, at the recruiter's office, I'd had to sign at least two dozen papers, each one of which that recruiter had to, by law, read out loud to me. In all of that, there was not one single mention about underwear. And if something's going to be that important, you have got to put it in writing. <laughs> well, I wish I could tell you that the Air Force and I had a taster's choice moment and fell in love with each other, but that didn't happen. Instead, it was more like Bill Murray in the movie Groundhog Day. And for the next three years, the Air Force and I replayed that first day over and over and over again. Well, it didn't have to do with underwear. They were good enough to give me some underwear. But we always found other things to bicker about. When it came time for my discharge, it was nobody shedding any crocodile tears. Neither the Air Force nor I could see this as a bad thing that I was going away. <laughs> My military career had been doomed for the want of a pair of underwear. <clears throat> as the plane taking me home taxied down the runway, I searched fervently for a bright spot that I could take away from this debacle. Anything to make me feel better about the last three years because at this point I was feeling like that empty locust shell hanging on a tree. I felt like a failure. What I didn't realize is I had just learned a valuable lesson about square pegs and round holes. I'd always been a square peg, and until the Air Force, I had always intuitively known where I fit. But the Air Force was a round hole, and they took me way out of my comfort zone. And what they taught me was, you don't always belong everywhere that you land. So, there were tangible benefits as well. As a Vietnam era veteran, I got the GI Bill, which did pay for my college. And, unless somebody does away with the Veterans Administration hospitals, I have been promised free health care for life if I need it. So while I couldn't have said this back then, today, I look at the Air Force and think it was generally a positive experience. But sitting on that plane back in 1977, I couldn't help think that I had made the most disastrous decision I could possibly make with my young life. And then it hit me like a bolt from the blue. I could have showed up not wearing underwear at the Marine Corps Induction Center. <laughs> And I hear those guys are full bore crazy. <laughs> Thank you.